A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Sierra Breland disappeared on February 24th, 2022. Xavier Breland called 911 to report his wife missing. He was very nervous. I was afraid for my daughter. Her family is desperate for answers. We knocked on different doors, all the doors. We were reaching out for anything that we could. There was a lot of rage, a lot of anger. Something just seemed totally amiss about a mother, a lawyer, who just disappears and leaves her five-month-old baby behind. This episode of Disappeared retraces Sierra's last known steps According to her phone, we knew she had been here for an extended amount of time. They brought the dogs to try to sniff for her and find her. Lots of things go through your mind when your child goes missing and you have these thoughts that there's a specific person responsible. <sighs> I feel like we should have seen the signs, you know. The more people who know Sierra's story, the greater the chance of bringing her home. Share on social media. Get the word out. Help find her. Have you seen Sierra Breland? I'm Kelly Locklear. My daughter is Sierra Breland, and she disappeared sometime after February 24th, 2022. Sierra is a bubbly, sweet, tender-hearted girl. She puts on a tough exterior because people don't take her seriously and she's in a profession that she needs to be taken seriously. Sierra is a young lawyer and she loved her job. We talked about what she wanted to do. I was a paralegal at the time and had been for many years. So she just kind of slid in, I guess, hearing me talk about work and how much I love my job, she decided to go into law. She was accepted to Florida Law School, Florida State, and absolutely loved it. It just seemed like she just fell into the groove of life then. Sierra was voted in as one of the top 100 lawyers in the country to watch. She was so proud. 
I think she felt like all of the hard work that she had gone through was worth it. And now life was beginning. My name is Shelby Campbell. Sierra Breland is my cousin. Sierra is five foot tall, 4'11 on most days, if we're honest. But based on her personality, you would think she was eight feet tall. She was dynamite in a tiny little package, and she was ready to blow at any time. She had the world's biggest personality. She laughed loud, she yelled loud, she was very vibrant. In October of 2020, Sierra had joined a couple different dating sites. She met Xavier on Tinder. She had sent me some pictures. She said, look at this guy, we matched. Isn't he so cute? And she started telling me about him. You could just tell she was bubbling over with love. And I was like, oh God, she's smitten, she's gone. From that day forward, it was like they were inseparable. I'm Nick Locklear, Sierra Locklear Breland's father. Sierra's entire life, she was daddy's girl. Sierra never had boyfriends, hardly. And part of that's my fault, I'll admit it. Her brother was a high school quarterback and he chased girls and girls chased him. When it was her turn, I told her, I said, you're five feet tall and 95 pounds. I said, I don't worry about your brother going to a party and something happening that he can't protect himself. I do you. Things changed in law school some. She started hanging out with the crowd a little more, and then she started dating a couple guys. Xavier comes along. Xavier treats her like a queen, and she said he's romantic, and he dotes on her and tells her how beautiful she is. He was funny. He was very sweet to her. She was just very taken with him. He was always at her place. She met his two children very early on. She told me that he had a couple of children with his ex, a boy 10 years old and a daughter that was four. I didn't have a problem with that. I thought that was, that was great. I didn't know how she was gonna fit that into her schedule and how that was all gonna work out. But she was confident in the relationship Sierra and Xavier had no middle ground in their relationship. It was either really, really good or really, really bad. And based on the minute of the day, it could be either of those. In April or May of 2021, I got a text from her that said, hey, I'm getting married at four o'clock today. Due to the coronavirus pandemic, they ended up getting married by a judge via Zoom. Sierra and Xavier decided to get married because they had found out that they were pregnant. It was a whirlwind. Like, it was so fast. Her marrying Xavier was actually a shock. To find out that she was pregnant blew me away. Sierra had told us she was never going to get married and she was never going to have children. We were like, you really going to have a baby? You want a baby? And she said, yeah, I can't wait. I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. She was excited about being married and having a family and, you know, kind of creating this whole little bubble that was going to be her whole world. Sierra let us know that they were going to be moving to Indiana. That's where Xavier's father, his biological father, lived. It was a little small town named Carmel in Indiana. There were little ponds everywhere with fountains and white picket fences. The place was beautiful. Jackson was born on October the 9th, 2021, and beautiful baby, perfect. She was so happy, and 
Xavier was excited. He went and called his children and let them know. And me and her father were there, so we just spent as much time with the baby as we could. Who you got there, Sierra? There's the new favorite grandson. Sierra absolutely loved being a mom. She would call and just giggle about little noises he was making or spit bubbles. I mean, just an absolute gushing mom. And she loved everything that that child did. On February the 19th, Sierra and Xavier drove down from Indiana and went to his mother's house in Johns Creek in Georgia. It's about 45 minutes, an hour away from our house. She was going to stay a couple of days to let his mom see the baby and visit because she hadn't seen him but one time since he was born. I last received a text from Sierra on Wednesday, February 23rd, saying that she was not feeling well. Wednesday, I sent her a text and said, what are you doing? What's going on? And she sent back that she'd been sick, really sick, and but she was feeling a little bit better. We haven't heard from her since. On Friday, the 25th of February, 2022, I called Sierra and I got no response. I was like, okay, she's just got something going on. She'll call me back. It was just radio silence, which was extremely unlike her. On Saturday night, around 11 o'clock, the 26th of February, we received a call from Indiana, which was surprising. We were just sitting at the house watching TV, and Nick said, Indiana? And he picked up the phone. We thought Sierra was in Georgia at Xavier's mother's house. It was the Carmel PD in Indiana, and they wanted to speak with Sierra Locklear's father, Nick. He told him that that was him, and at this point I could tell something was wrong. Then he said, your daughter has been reported missing. <laughs> and that was the first time we heard about it. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I am Eric Rozier. I'm a detective with the Johns Creek PD, and I'm investigating the disappearance of Sierra Breland. 911 emergency. On Saturday, February the 26th, Xavier reports his wife Sierra missing to Carmel Police Department. You could hear a concerned husband. He was a little frantic asking the dispatcher, you know, um, what should I do? Um, can you send the police to my home? Xavier was very concerned about his wife's disappearance. He paced around his home. He was very nervous, as most people would be. He advised police officers that she went missing the previous night after an argument. Sierra had ran out of Adderall prescription medication and wanted to use his. After he refused to give it to her, she became angry and said that she was just gonna you know, leave. Karma Police Department did not find any signs of any kind of damaged property, signs of an injury, or signs of a physical altercation in the home. On Saturday, the 26th of February in 2022, I was in bed. It was later. My phone started ringing and it said, Carmel, Indiana. And it was an investigator calling. She said, are you related to Sierra Locklear Breland? And I said, yes, ma'am, I am. I'm her cousin. She said, well, I was told we needed to call you because she's missing. I asked her who had their, their son, and she said that he and the dog were with Xavier and that she had left her phone and her wallet and her car keys to both cars and everything with Xavier, and she was missing. He said that she had walked off about 11 p.m. Friday night. I thought that's very strange because on Monday, I had talked to her. I thought she was in Georgia because that was the last place I had talked to her. She was giggly. She was just her normal self. I was concerned, ended up staying up all night. My name is Heather Lawton, and I'm a crime writer. I wrote about Sierra Breland for The Inquisitor. After researching Sierra's story, I just knew I had to get involved in it because something just seemed totally amiss about a mother, a lawyer, who just disappears and leaves her five-month-old baby behind. So Xavier tells the police that the day before, they just got back home to Indiana from visiting family in Georgia, and they had an argument. Xavier explained that during arguments, it was common for her to go next door to his father's home. He wanted to give Sierra a chance to cool off, so he didn't immediately go and look for her. 
police officers made contact with Xavier's father, asked him specific questions about, have you seen Sierra? Did Sierra come to your home last night after an argument with her husband? And Xavier Sr. and his wife both advised that they did not see Sierra that previous 24 hours. They had no knowledge about her whereabouts. I could say that Xavier Sr. was extremely cooperative as far as helping police officers. Xavier's father gave the police some surveillance footage that he had from his camera because he lives next door. And the police reviewed the surveillance footage from that night to see which way she walked. They never saw her pass the security cameras. Xavier is telling the police they had an argument about some prescription medication, and he thinks that she may have gone to the pharmacy, which is only a half mile away from the Breland home. The Carmel, Indiana police go to the pharmacy, and the pharmacy hands over the surveillance video immediately. They were able to review this footage from the surveillance video cameras, and they did not find any signs of Sierra. And then they went not only throughout their neighborhood to walk to door to door to check with neighbors, they also went to the nearby businesses and stores to see if there was any surveillance video cameras. Carmel Police Department was unable to obtain any surveillance video that showed um, Sierra walking anywhere in Indiana. So it's three days later, and there's absolutely no sign of Sierra. So now the police are increasing their search, and they've brought in the canine unit to see if the dogs can pick up a scent. Their sense of smell is extremely sensitive. It gives the police officers a lead as far as to places to go look for this person. They had them sniff the cars, particularly the Volkswagen Tiguan that they had driven to Georgia. They had them sniff the whole house, the neighborhood. The policeman up there told me our dogs, which are very good, aren't picking up any scent, nothing, period. So he said somebody's cleaned the car. You know, if you rode up here 10 hours in that car, that dog wouldn't know it. So the Carmel, Indiana investigators, they can't find Sierra anywhere. They haven't seen her on any surveillance video. The neighbors haven't seen her. The dogs can't pick up a scent. So now they reach out to the Johns Creek Police Department in Georgia. On Sunday, we sent a couple of detectives to her father's home. They came to our house unexpected. In the morning, we were asleep. And it kind of scared me. First thing I thought was they're coming to give us bad news. They talked a while, asked questions, and then they said, do you mind if we look around the house? I said, well, you're welcome to look at anything, do anything. I want to do anything I can. We had an interview with her parents. They were able to give us details and answer questions about Sierra's life, about her job, about what was going on in her personal relationship, and um, thoughts that they may have in regards to where Sierra is at now. Sierra's parents are now telling the police everything they know about Xavier's past, including a disturbing detail. It was Christmas. Sierra and Xavier came to the house, and they looked very haggard. And I said, what is going on here? Y'all look like y'all haven't been to bed in weeks. And Sierra said, there's some people chasing us. She said, Dad, I'm serious. This is a serious situation. Xavier believed that his ex-wife was dating a guy who had 
ties to a cartel. And with that is involved with sex, trafficking, drugs, all the things that that brings. She was like, wow, these are really, you know, kind of scary things. Sierra started fearing for her life. She had lost weight. Um, I, I didn't even recognize her. She just looked like she hadn't slept. This was not my Sierra. This just didn't look like my daughter. They stayed with us for some hours and visited a little bit. And then they left to a hotel and kind of lay low. As a lawyer, she could search names and businesses. She said that the ex had multiple businesses that were registered to her under variations of her name. And Sierra said that was really sketchy. This is what she had told me. She ended up getting in contact with the FBI about her suspicions, and they had told her that there was a human trafficking ring going on and that they were looking into it and that she needed to be very careful about what she was doing. We were concerned about the cartel aspect. Is there a possibility that somebody's like grabbed her? At the time, you know, I didn't really believe it. After she went missing, I was worried then, you know, what if it was real? We have to accept all theories which would help provide an answer as to Sierra Breland's disappearance. We have to thoroughly review this and try to determine who or what or why would a cartel or a dangerous group or anybody be looking for them. We looked into this theory and we were unable to find any specific answers or unable to develop any lead relating this dangerous group being the reason as to Sierra's disappearance. I was afraid for my daughter. I just wasn't sure that it was the cartel that we should be afraid of, to be perfectly honest. I was worried that Xavier was really manipulating her, keeping her in a paranoid and afraid state for his own manipulative purposes. It's my belief that Xavier was playing mind games with my daughter. He decided to scare her, to keep her with him, and that was very much a part of that relationship. Four to five months into Sierra and Xavier's relationship, she starts seeing a lot more of his negative behaviors. He is going through her phone. He is yelling at her a good bit. And it would be the smallest things that would set them off, and then it would just blow up. She backed down really quickly, which I was very surprised about. Because Sierra doesn't back down. She never has. I think she was just very taken with him in the beginning. I knew that they had had a tumultuous relationship. Sierra was very headstrong. She was an independent woman before this. Xavier started to keep her from everyone else, started to make her depend solely on him. I think money became an issue. Xavier wasn't working and he hadn't worked for a while. And I think that him being there with her while she worked at home was becoming an issue. She felt very overwhelmed with his presence at all times. Xavier became verbally abusive with Sierra. He became paranoid about ex-boyfriends and then started insinuating that maybe the pregnancy was not his. And I just saw a pattern. There's a general paranoia here. That's what was going on in the beginning. That's what we're seeing now. 
things intensified. It just seemed like a kettle boiling and it was gonna go anytime. Obviously, this was not happy moments for me and her father. We had been talking the previous weekend, you know, that Saturday and Sunday, and it, it wasn't positive. And the week before, it wasn't positive over text. We were horrified that our daughter was having to go through something like this. It was going too far. It was becoming really a dangerous situation. I encouraged her and her father encouraged her to come home. We just wanted her to be out of the situation. But Sierra was 31 years old. I trusted her to know what to do. She said, okay, we've worked through it. It's gonna be okay. She would say, well, you just, you don't like him. I said, I don't dislike him as a person because I don't really even know the man. But I said, I don't like the fact that y'all been married a year and all I see is bad things out of him. She would say, dad, when you're married, when you love somebody, they have shortcomings, you have shortcomings, you just gotta learn to get along and work things out. According to the family, Xavier and Sierra's arguments start out as verbal and escalate to physical fights. In my opinion, it's better women's syndrome. There's sort of like a game that's being played. He's wonderful in the beginning. He's the person that she can depend on the most. And then at times he can be abusive. He can be charming sometimes, and that's how they suck their victims in. Around the summer of 2021, Sierra sent me a couple of texts with some pictures of where I believe Xavier had slapped her and asked me to save those for her in, in case she needed those. I was like, Sierra, Amanda's physical will always be physical. That's just a fact. And she would get mad at me. She was like, 96% of the time, it's good. And I said, it's not 96% of the time because you call me every week. Sierra did try to keep a great deal from her parents. So it isn't until Sierra goes missing and the police start asking questions that her parents learn the true extent of the violence that was going on in, between Sierra and Xavier. She had told me that she couldn't leave Xavier because she couldn't imagine letting Jackson go with Xavier. She was very concerned that she was gonna have to share custody. She had just decided that she was just going to stick by him until she could get away. Sierra had made a plan to put some of her money into a secret account and that she was going to move back home and she was probably gonna stay with her parents for a little while. She had decided that she was done. She wanted to come home permanently. I think she was waiting for a moment when things were calm. Sierra's family last heard from her on February 23rd when she was visiting Xavier's mother in Johns Creek, Georgia. She texted to her family that she was sick, but aside from that, everything seemed fine. On Monday, February the 28th, we go to Xavier's mother's house. Responding officers walk through the home. They walked across the property and they did not observe anything obviously suspicious or signs that there was some sort of altercation or that she was even there. This is not walking through the house with a fine tooth comb to determine if there's any evidence. It's basically just a generic walkthrough. The next few days after Sierra went missing, was really just a really bad waiting game. 
We're all communicating, but there's not much that the police can tell us. We're all kind of just waiting with bated breath to see if she's gonna call one of us. We got together and we canvassed some neighborhoods. Sierra Breedland's family is flooding this Johns Creek area with flyers like this, as well as electronic and digital signing. They are hoping that somebody saw something that can help. This is Xavier's mother's home. Sierra and Xavier stayed here with their son. They visited quite a few times. We knocked on different doors, all the doors, and we just passed out flyers. If people were to answer, we would just ask them if they had seen her or seen anything that might have been conspicuous during the time that she was staying here. If they didn't answer, we just left them a flyer and moved on to the next property. We were able to make contact with a resident who had video footage from her doorbell camera that shows Sierra Breland's vehicle passing through her neighborhood. But we were unable to get anything definitive in regards to where Sierra may have been. Can you tell who was driving? Well, we know who is driving, um, but you really can't tell from that video. But we know who's driving. You can see somebody in the vehicle, right? And their dog is in the passenger seat. The reason I can't say anything about it is because when we are finally in court and we're able to present this, the whole case, because we have not found Sierra so far, is circumstantial. It's sad because in a circumstantial case, you're not going to have a definitive crime scene. You do not have blood splattered all over the place. You do not have evidence of violence necessarily. What you have is a history. What you have is um, small nuggets here and there. What we do as police detectives, if we present all the evidence, all the information that we have collected, and we allow for the jurors to come to a conclusion about what they believe. And um, we're still investigating. We're still working on the case, hopefully, to, to provide answers. But right now, it's still active. While we were looking for Sierra, we were exploring a couple different avenues of information that we might gain. Sierra had a dog whose name was Baker. He is her first absolute baby. There was no Sierra without Baker. We decided to look into Baker's microchip. One of the employees of the microchipping company was able to give us initially a location of Baker's last microchip scan which was about halfway between Georgia and Indiana. We see that it is a small town in Kentucky. It is registering to right outside of a bar that they may have stopped at. So we're getting a little bit more hopeful, at least feeling like we're closer to an answer. Sierra Breland was last seen February 24th, 2022. If you have any information, please contact Johns Creek Police Tip Line at 678-474-1610. The next day, we were contacted by the owner of the microchip company who was able to give us a little bit more information into Baker's microchipping and we did discover that his last scan was from about a year previous to their trip down to Georgia. 
So we had all gotten our hopes up a little higher than we probably should have for a dog's microchip. We don't know where Sierra is, so we were just reaching out for anything that we could. The FBI was able to assist us. They were able to put together a, a nationwide bulletin and offer a $10,000 reward for any information that leads to Sierra's disappearance. I received a call from a tipster who reported she believed she saw Sierra at a local Target. She explained that there was a woman who matched Sierra's description in the parking lot begging for money. We immediately sent a detective to that Target to review the surveillance video, and as it turns out, that, that was not Sierra. We received another tip from a woman who was at a casino. She believed that she saw um, a woman matching Sierra's description arguing with another male. We reached out to the law enforcement agencies in that area to review the surveillance video, and as it turns out, we didn't find any evidence to show that that person was indeed Sierra. Carmel and Johns Creek Police Department subpoenaed Sierra's cell phone records. So the data indicates that Sierra was at the Chattahoochee River, a mile from uh, Xavier's mother's house. On Tuesday, March the 1st, 2022, we were able to conduct and start an extensive search for Sierra in the Chattahoochee River. According to her phone, we knew she had been here for an extended amount of time. We had a coordinated effort between the fire department, who brought boats. Um, we also had cadaver dogs who assisted us. We had helicopters and drones that were able to look down into the river from the sky. We want to make sure that we look for any clues as to uh, a missing body of some sort. As they search the Chattahoochee, all these things are going through my head. Are the police going to be able to find her? And her minds were just all over the place. Just praying, hoping she's alive. But we were unable to find any specific answers in regards to Sierra's disappearance. And then we obtained surveillance video that placed Sierra at Xavier's mother's home. So this new surveillance video is kind of like a game changer in the case. Now it puts the spotlight even more on Xavier. That video will show Sierra Breeland at Xavier's mother's home on Wednesday the 23rd at 7.17. Sierra is last seen in the doorway. She's just casually standing in the doorway. We are checking for mannerisms, expression, emotion, to see her demeanor, but there's nothing specific about the video that would allow us to draw a conclusion as to how she is feeling or any impending danger that she may be. Police now confirm Sierra Breland was last seen at this home here in Johns Creek. This is her mother-in-law's house. Fox 5 went to that house. We were told the mother-in-law was not home. Johns Creek Police Department executed a search warrant at Xavier's mother's home. We were looking for maybe signs of blood, signs of a struggle. We brought cadaver dogs to help smell for Sierra. The dogs were unable to find definitive scent. We were looking for just anything that would help us to fill in the gaps as far as when Sierra was last seen and where Sierra is right now. We were able to collect evidence from Xavier's mother's home. However, I cannot go into the details because this is an active investigation. 
The next steps of the investigation would include us looking into the actual route that Xavier took from Johns Creek, Georgia to Carmel, Indiana. We need to tell the tale of what may have happened to Sierra from the time she's last seen in Johns Creek to the time she's reported missing by her husband in Indiana. Part of the review of Xavier's trip from Johns Creek, Georgia to Indiana is obtaining surveillance footage from places that he stopped during the trip. We were able to obtain and review this surveillance video, which shows Xavier, but does not show Sierra. They saw Xavier get out and go to the bathroom, get out and pump gas, but they never saw anybody else get out. They didn't see him walk the dog or change the baby or feed the baby, nothing. Just he got out, pumped gas, went inside, came back out, and drove away. I find it odd that she wasn't in any video from any gas station. Sierra has a very bad Diet Dr. Pepper habit, and she cannot go without one. She will show up at your house and bring her own 12-pack. So I can't see her just doing a, I think from Johns Creek, it's 11-hour drive without being somewhere out getting her drink and her ice. One of the police officers said that he was deeply concerned because between Knoxville and I think he said Ohio, there are some pretty steep cliffs and bluffs. And a lot of times when somebody wants to do their dirty deeds, they'll take someone to the bluffs and throw them off the cliffs. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just keep thinking about them saying that they usually throw people off the cliffs on the way up there. And it just stuck with me so bad. Think he would throw her off a cliff. Where is she? On March 22nd, a local investigative reporter breaks a huge piece of news about Xavier's statements to the police department. An anonymous source turns in a Zoom video of Xavier talking to his children. Somebody kidnapped my wife. Do you know what that means when they kidnap an adult? She's not coming home, but. So a big question is how would Xavier Breland Jr. know if his wife had been kidnapped, that she wasn't coming home? Why would he tell one or two of Sierra Locklear Breland's stepkids somebody took her? What did Xavier Breland tell police in Indiana when he reported Sierra Locklear Breland missing? That she had just walked away from the residence the night before. He did not say she was kidnapped? No, according to Carmel, Indiana Police Department, that's, that's correct. That's not what was uh, passed on to us. The video call doesn't look good for Xavier. At the very least, he looks sketchy, as though he isn't being truthful with the police. When people see this Zoom video, the reaction is that Xavier is a liar. Public opinion has now changed, not in his favor, of course. It does heighten the anger from a public point of view. He just creates a different story for everybody he's talking to. When I see this video, I am absolutely disgusted. There was a lot of rage, a lot of anger, and 
I genuinely believe that he does know at least what happened to her and where we could look for her. Carmel police in Indiana do a background check on Xavier, and they find out that he actually has a stalking charge against him from his ex-wife in Georgia. They have absolutely no hard evidence linking Xavier to Sierra's disappearance, but they do arrest him on the outstanding warrant. He's sent to Coweta County Jail, where he's awaiting trial. I am happy at this point that Xavier is in jail for anything that can hold him until we could possibly find Sierra. We still are thankful that there's some movement going on, but at the same time, it's frustrating because the charges are related to his ex and aggravated stalking against her and have absolutely nothing to do with Sierra's case. I wanted to go to the Coweta jail and just sit down and have him look me in the face and tell me, you know, I didn't do nothing or, whatever. His dad had actually told me, I think if you were here, he would tell you the truth. And I said, I don't know why you think that. And he said, I just think he's on the edge and he would, if he saw you, he would speak. I just need to know what's happened. Xavier is fighting the unrelated charges and he's denying through his lawyer any involvement in Sierra's disappearance. By phone, Breland's attorney, Brian Howard, told me commonly in a disappearance, the spouse is the first person police look at. But in this case, Xavier Breland Jr. had nothing to do with his wife's disappearance. Just because there is a history of violence doesn't mean that Xavier is responsible for Sierra's disappearance. In our judicial system, we are innocent until proven guilty. There's nobody, there's no hard evidence, which means there's no smoking gun. This is 120 days plus since Sierra has been missing. We have to consider the fact that she may no longer be living. But at this time, we are gathering more information and intel, and hopefully we can answer some questions and get justice for Sierra and her family members. No one believes Xavier's story that Sierra had walked off at 11 p.m. and left her phone and her keys and her baby and her dog it was 20 degrees. No one still believes that. It's my family's opinion that Xavier's story is beyond believability. It's not possible from our standpoint. We as a family are just trying to piece together what happened. My assumption is that they were in an argument and it was continuing to escalate and being who she is, Sierra did not back down and that things got out of control and uh, physically violent. Maybe it was an accident and he panicked and just kind of got rid of the situation. With the amount of time that has passed since she's disappeared, we're not exactly hopeful that she's coming back. Lots of things go through your mind when your child goes missing and you have these thoughts that there's a specific person responsible and what they may have done or what your child may have gone through. <sighs> I feel like we should have seen the signs, you know. When Sierra was born, I knew it was going to be our only last child. So I got up at night with her, changed her diapers. I took care of her. As she got older, she was full of life. As she grew up, she just got stronger and stronger. 
you know, what it was. Oh, I'm sorry. I would just ask that anybody who saw Sierra and Xavier during the week of February 24th to please contact Carmel, Indiana Police Department or Johns Creek Police Department with whatever information they might have. You never know what could lead to something. No bit of information is too small.